Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. It's just an honour to be here again. I, lo- I love the drive from my house at Wenham uh, to get to the peninsula here. And uh, I'm thinking I should get a boat. It'd be so nice just to jump in the boat at Wenham and drive around here and it's like... And, uh, but it's, it's just awesome to come up here. And uh, I know every time I, I come to this location, is I'm blessed. I, I pray that you get blessed as well, but I am blessed. And as, as I was in worship uh, there, I love how God just speaks to us, hey? It's like, and uh, I didn't know where the passage was. That's why I was on my phone looking for the passage. Caroline, when you're going through all the... You did a good job with all of that detail I give you every week to go through. And uh, God spoke these words to me, and I... I, just, I want you to just take your spouse's hand right now or you sit next to someone that you just like or maybe their future girlfriend. Just grab their hand right now. Don't do that. <laughs> Genesis 22 verse 17. It's the story of Abraham. Abraham's faithfulness to bring up a knife down upon his son and God spares him. And at the end of that story, in verse 17, God says these words to him. And I want to prophesy into your heart today, individually, as families. It says this In blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. And he says, As the new, numerous stars, so your descendants shall be. And I, I want to just pick up on the beginning of that. In blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. Is today we're going to preach, I'm going to preach a message that God wants you and I to prosper. And in your blessing, God wants to continue to bless you. And in your multiplication, God wants to continue to multiply you. Is that God's nature is a nature of increase, a nature of multiplication. Uh, and as I share this message, I don't want you to just look at it as a numeric number in your bank account. That, that, that's just one aspect of prosperity. But the prosperity of God is in everything. In uh, the Vanderpoles, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. Over the Bosmans, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. I better do that whole row. To the Khans, <laughs> in blessing I will bless you. In multiplying I will multiply you. If I had the time, I'd go around to every one of you and say that in blessing I'll bless you. Is we are we are blessed of God. <laughs> we are blessed of God. Genesis one twenty eight says these words. It says and God blessed them. Is a Hebrew word or the definition for blessing is that we you and I we are we are empowered to prosper. Empowered to enlarge. The, uh, a Jewish commentator then said, well, the, the, the opposite of that is to curse. And to curse is to bring decrease, to suffer loss. And I know this about the nature of the character of God, is that God is not a God of diminishing returns. Is that he is a God of exponential increase. Is that he can just take a, few, a little boy's lunch and bring incredible increase around about that. In your multiplying, he will multiply you. In your increase, he will increase. In your blessing, he will bless you. And so God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Well, what a blessing, but also what a great responsibility that God has given us here in this passage is that this is our job description. It's a five-fold job description. It's be fruitful, multiply, fill, subdue, dominion. They're pretty cool words. Over a job, to, if I worked in the work tomorrow morning and that was my job description, I just had to do those five. Man, it'll be so much better. No admin, no nothing like that. Just go fill, subdue, mold. 
That, that's our job description. And I want to let you know you and I can fulfill the job description because God has blessed us to do those things there. Is that as I look at this passage of scripture and even the first couple of books in Genesis and then right through the word of God, is that God is a God of pattern. He is a God of process. He can do anything, but he, he, he moves through order. We look at Genesis 1. One, it is a, the earth was chaotic, it was void, and God speaks and declares and order comes. Light comes to that. With the creation of mankind, as it God bends down, gets the dust of the ground and fashions humanity. That, that's amazing. And so there was a form to man, but there was no life in him. And so God now breathes the breath of life into mankind. And so God forms us and that he fills us with his spirit and he fills us with his spirit then so that we can function. So he forms us, he fills us so that you and I can function and that's our function. is to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill, to subdue, to have dominion is that God is a God of enlargement, a God of increase. All the way throughout the word of God, that is the pattern of God. Is that God will form, God will fill so that you and I can do the function of God. The valley of dry bones, Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel set down in the midst of a valley of dry bones, scattered bones, numerous bones, thousands of disconnected, dislocated bones. And God says, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy to those bones. He starts to prophesy. There, as Pastor Caroline said, there's something so powerful in our words, in what you and I would actually declare. And he prophesies to the bones. And in that moment, says there was a rattling, there was a sound, there was a joining together. That was, was once disconnected and dislocated is now connected to each other. They now have a form. Sinew comes on them, skin comes in. What a freaky sight that would be. I don't know what would be more distressing for Ezekiel, having a valley of dry bones or now a valley of lifeless humanity. God then says, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy again. You and I have to consider what's coming out of our mouths in this season. What are you and I declaring in this season? He calls upon the four winds, blow from every corner, every dimension of the earth. Would you and I believe that the Spirit of God would breathe over not just our city, our nation, but the world? And he calls upon the four winds because they were reformed but not revived. Is that you and I can be reformed by God but not carry the Spirit of God? And now the prophecy comes in, the breath comes into him. And so he are formed, now they are filled. And then that verse goes on in verse 10, and they stood to their feet. You imagine a whole valley of lifeless dead bodies. Hmm. They stood to their feet, an exceedingly great army. They had function. You see the process? God forms us, he fills. Would you allow the breath of God just to breathe inside you again? So that you and I can go function. That you and I can multiply, we can increase, we can fill, we can subdue, we can have dominion in the world around about us. See, God's original intent for mankind was that we would increase. We're designed to increase. That's God's will. And what I found is that God's will never changes. His will is unchanging. Is that you and I are designed to be fruitful and multiply. Psalm 115 and verse 14 says this, May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. Is that God just does not want to bring increase over my life or your life, but he wants that increase then to be a generational increase. Upon your kids, Dan and Sarah. Upon my grandkids and my 
great-grandkids, that there would be this generational blessing and increase of favor of God over their lives. Could you dare to believe that God has more for you? That you have not exhausted every benefit of God? Would you and I forget not the benefits of God, as David declared in the Psalms, is that God has more for us. He has more increase. He has more influence for each and every one of our lives. I, as I look through the word of God, you look at Revelation, it just describes our future dwelling place. God is not a poor God. Is that the streets are lined with gold. That's, I cannot wait to walk on those streets, say. Eh? Man. He's not, a, he's, he's not a God that is in lack anyway. He's a father that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Is that he is our supply. He is our resource today. And he gives you to you and I so that we could release that to the world around about us. Is that God is not a God of less. He's a God of more. And I think as our response to that is we should always be on that journey of loving God more. Of loving humanity. Loving each other more. Imagine a world that loves each other just a little bit more. Imagine a church that would love each other just that little bit more. That you and I would love fulfilling the plans and purposes of God. That you and I would live a life of great generosity. And so today I want to share just three thoughts about three biblical thoughts of why God wants to bring increase over our lives. I think one of the great significant moments of this day is that right across our six locations right now we are, we're all preaching the same text. We're all preaching the same scriptures there that there's a, from our senior pastors, that there is this unity of voice going out over our church uh, for today. The first thought is this, is that God has pleasure in our prosperity. Psalm 35 and verse 27 says this, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Can you dare to believe that God takes pleasure when you and I prosper? When you, when you and I enlarge, it, he goes against the character of our nation of the tall poppy syndrome. It's normally we don't celebrate someone else's successes. Is we have a tendency just to knock them down to size. Just stay, don't rise above the pack. No, no, it says here that God takes pleasure. He smiles when you and I prosper in the things of God. He's not smiling because you have a big bank account. No, he's smiling because you and I would prosper in every area of our life and relationship with him. Is we've got to get our priorities right. Seek first the kingdom of God. Once you get, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of those other things, it says in Matthew 6, will be added to you and I. And so God takes pleasure in our enlargement, in our multiplication. Is that He doesn't want you and I to diminish. It says there... Would you and I shout for joy? Some of us just need to get our shout back, hey? Yeah. Shout for joy and be glad. It says, who favor my righteous cause. I, I considered that. I pondered that for a moment. I wonder what God's righteous cause actually is. And I consider two things. I think when you and I fulfill his righteous cause, it, it means that we're making his work our priority. Yeah. We're making kingdom work our priority above anything else we do is that we're bringing glory and honor to God is that you and I would favor his righteous cause so we make his work a priority and then the second thought to this is that you, you take what God has blessed us with and now would be a blessing to those around about us 
is that we would not live lives as, res as reservoirs, but as conduits of the favor and the blessing of God. That you and I would shout for joy and be glad and favor his righteous cause by making his work, his kingdom, a priority. And you and I would identify how much we have been blessed from gifts, talents, and abilities. God has given us everything, everything that pertains to life and godliness. It is, there's no lack in our lives. If you and I fully trust in God, would you and I favor his righteous cause? And I, this story or these thoughts are outworked in Luke chapter 5. Remember that time? The uh, disciples had gone fishing. They fished all night. They caught absolutely nothing. As I read through the Gospels, this was a common story for this, these fishermen. Is that in three years, they never caught one fish without Jesus' help. <laughs> you imagine being a professional fisherman, and every time you've gone out to fish, is they caught nothing until Jesus came on the scene. Is that you and I are so dependent upon Jesus' aid. Well, we think, we have, we think we're that and everything more, and we're skilled in that area, but it's God that brings his blessing and favor to what he has blessed us with. And so Luke chapter 5 is that they fished all night. They've now returned to the shore, and Jesus says, Peter, can I borrow your boat? We're going to just launch out. We're going to preach the gospel, preach the word of God. So he goes out there, and he starts preaching. And at the end of the message, he says to Peter, Peter, I want you to launch out into the deep. Peter's like, we fished all night, Lord. But he says, nevertheless, at your word. That, 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 that's something for all of us to live by. Hey, nevertheless, at your word, Lord. Doesn't seem to make sense to my reasoning on my questioning right now, but nevertheless, I'm going to do that. See, Peter knew how to fish, but Jesus knew where the fish were biting. You and I can have a skill, but without Jesus' intervention to put us in that right location, that right position. And he says to Peter, I want you to go out to a further place than you've ever gone before. I know I want you to go to the normal spots here, because I know where the fish are biting. And I believe God spoke... spoke this word to me is that when you and I link our lives and our businesses and our dreams and ideas to him that's when success and prosperity and increase comes it's in you and I taking what we have and putting all of our faith and confidence in Jesus Christ when you and I link our work to his business somehow God says you are favoring my righteous cause I'm going to allow blessing and honor to fly over your life. Would you and I allow our lives to grow purely by attaching everything we have to the name that's above every other name? Jesus. 3 John 1, 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Are you getting the idea today that God wants you and I to prosper and increase? There are so many passages of Scripture that God desires that you and I would prosper in all things and be held. Why? Because he has a great pleasure in that. Is that God designed you and I, that very first blessing, designed us for increase. And I think to live anything underneath that job description is are we truly bringing glory and honor to God? God, in my blessing, would you continue to bless me? Because I know where my blessings come from. By partnering with him. God, in our multiplication, would you multiply us? I think it's the most powerful prayer to pray because we know where our resource comes from. We know where our supply comes from. It comes from God. And here is that God desires that you and I would prosper in all things. Is that God wants you and I to prosper 
because he gets pleasure out of our prosperity. The second thought is this, is that God wants us to prosper so that we can influence our world for good. We have a vision statement at City Point Church that we are here to unmistakably influence our world for good, but also for God. And that when God blesses you and I, it's not so that God would just raise our standard of living, but he would actually raise our standard of giving. Is because we look at the world around about us, the world has incredible needs. In your street, there is need after need. In your workplace, there is need after need. In the row behind you, in the row in front of you, there is need after need. And you and I are designed to be the carriers of good in the world around about us. Ephesians 4.28 says this, Let him who stole, steal no longer. If you're stealing, stop it right now. <laughs> just stop it. If you're doing something you're not supposed to do, just stop it. But rather, let him labor. Working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Is that God wants to increase us because we are the answer to someone's prayer. And I remember preaching about that just a few weeks ago as I was here. Is that you are the answer to someone's prayer. By the good that you are, I are able to do, out of the blessing, the favor that God has given to each and every one of us. Luke 3 and verse 11, Jesus said to them, he said, He who has two tunics... Let him give to him who has none, and he who has food, let him do likewise. Is that, here this verse speaks to me and says that, is that God wants to bring blessing over our lives, not just for our sake, but for the sake of others. That if you have two shirts, would you just give one to somebody else? Or if you have plenty of that thing, would you just give it to somebody? If you've got a pantry full of food, would you just consider that one that may not have a pantry full of food, is I wonder what you and I have been blessed with, that God's saying, hey, would you release and do good to the world around about you? Is that as I look at the life of Jesus, as he walked through the towns and the villages, the dusty paths, is that he left a trail of goodness. At the end of every day, Jesus could have looked back and just seen a trail of goodness. Of the lives that he touched, the lives he encountered, every person he, he touched or made contact with were left in a better place yeah. than what they were without the presence of God. Yeah, right. I wonder when you and I look back at the end of every day, I wonder what's trailed us. <laughs> I wonder what the trail has been. So the word of God says this, surely goodness and mercy will follow you and I all the days of our life. I, I wonder if goodness and mercy is following Mike Mulherin every day of my life. I, I leave in that trail of goodness that because of my encounter with humanity is that someone is left in a better state than when I first met them. I wonder if I've been in a place of mercy to the ones that's going through a difficult time or maybe doesn't have a belief system that lines up with my belief system. Have I still been good? To them, have I still allowed mercy to flow? Because I, I see the life of Jesus. He just went around and it says he did good. I wonder if we could change our mindset and our focus every day to one of not where it's just about me, but it's about somebody else. Where's the opportunity today, God? And as I look and see what we do as a church is that we do good. Let's see what takes place at this location through red frogs and through, you know, free food parcels that go out, the, the ministry into local community, your support for the She Rescue Home, the Red Frogs, victims of domestic violence. It's a light to the world around about. I want to thank you for doing good. But I wonder what additional good God wants us to do 
as we see his blessing on our lives, that we could transform a local community for good. We can transform a a nation. We can transform different places where God puts on the hearts of our senior pastors to to minister to and to bring increase and bring enlargement. I want to thank you for doing good. So God blesses us so we can bless the world around about us. But the third thought is this, is that we're here to unmistakably influence our world for God as well. It is the church is not designed to be, a, to be an aid organization. The church's mission is not just to do good. The church's mission is to do God. It's <laughs> to bring God to the world around about us. And I think it's one of the tragedies if we look, look at some of the traditional religions where their, their whole emphasis now is just to do good and to community, and God bless them for doing that. But they've missed the, the central mission and purpose that they were birthed out of, and that was to bring the presence of God and the power of God to the world around about them. Yeah. And a, as a church, I don't want us just to do good. No, 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 we need to bring heaven to earth. You know, Jesus prayed that prayer, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is that God's vision for the earth is that we'd be like heaven. That, that, was his, that was his whole plan from the beginning of time. That there was no need for a heaven at the foundation of the world because it was a world without sin, without blemish. And now we live in a fallen world and we've got to grab the gravity that we are in a fallen world. Is that sin dominates. And our responsibility now that we've been set free from the bondage of sin is now to take that character, the the nature of God, the transforming power of his presence to the world around about us. I pray that we would do good, but I pray more that we'd take the the message of Christ to the world around about us. That's why he said the last last commission for humanity was that you and I would go into all the world and to make disciples. I want to be that one that would just not transform my next door neighbor with a meal. And for them to say thank you. But no, I want them to carry the presence of God to their grave. I want them to carry the message of hope that I've received with them day after day after day. Would you and I take what God has given to us, the the greatest gift of all, the gift of his son, the gift of his spirit to the world around about us, is that we, we are commissioned to go into all the world and to make disciples. Is Ephesians, let me note, note, Turn to the page. Deuteronomy 8, it's better. Verse 18, it says this. And you shall remember the Lord your God. I know I've said it a thousand times. I live by this statement. is that thanksgiving flows from right remembering. And you shall remember the Lord your God. When you and I remember the right things about God, thanksgiving flows. Pete, when you remember the right things about Anna, thanksgiving flows. You remember... The Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, <laughs> that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Are you getting this? God gives you and I the ability to get wealth. And some preachers I've heard say, well, that's, that's just a spiritual wealth. That's a spiritual gift. No, no, go back and read that whole chapter of Deuteronomy there in verse 8. It's all about natural resources. It's about having an abundance of food and an increase in gold and silver. Is it God, God actually wants you and I to prosper in all things. And this chapter, go and read it. It's like, I read it multiple times. I was so excited. I was like literally jumping up and down my bedroom yesterday as I preached this message. I was like, man, I, I want gold running out and silver running out, but I don't want it just for me. I want it for your life as well. Have a read of it. 
may just switch something inside of you. That his covenant would be established. And this is one of the great covenants of God, the heart of God in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. It says this, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour, who desires all men to be saved and all women to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Eh? <laughs> That's the greatest commitment from the heart of a father to his creation. Is that he, he does not desire that one would be lost, that not one would pass into eternity without being saved and acknowledging him as Lord and Saviour. For you and I today, would you and I grab the heart of God afresh? He wants us to do good, but he wants us to declare his message to the world around about us. And sometimes we think we're too limited. We don't have all the answers. We don't have all the answers. We're not designed to have all the answers. But he is the answer. Would you and I take this message of hope that we could see over this peninsula region that all would be saved? You're like, Mike, that's impossible. No, that's, that's the will of God. That's God's will. And if it's God's will, then through us, he can move it and he can accomplish it. He can do it. And so tonight, this morning, would you dare to believe that God takes pleasure in your prosperity? He wants to see increase over your life. Imagine what God could do over the next 12 months of your life. We've heard the testimonies over the past year. I know there's been countless ones here that have bought the first property. I, I know so many of them. There's just a belief for that. In a time where the house price is going like that, you know, it's miracles. I've heard testimonies of physical healings that have taken place. Could you, could you dare today to believe again? And maybe there's been ones you've prayed for decade and decade and haven't seen that. Would you, would you look at that prayer request again and just fill it, put it on there again? I did it last year. I'll do it again this year. I've got some ones that were on my, last year and five years ago and eight years ago. It's still there, still believing. Why? Because it's God's perfect timing, not my perfect timing. There. You dare to believe that God would stretch again, that in blessing he could bless you, in your multiplying he could multiply you. And I know what the plan is for this house and some of the dreams are in Pastor Sam and Carolina's heart to continue to, to outreach into our local community, to continue the renovations in the building, the cafe space and car parking today, which is, is problematic, and continue to fund rescue home and Red Frog's work and internship and and it's amazing what we do as a church across our 10 locations. I, I literally sit at my desk every day and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I get the opportunity to, to partner with so many people in making a difference in our great city and other nations of the world. I, I pray I never, ever take that for granted. And I think if I ever take it for granted, it's a day to submit my resignation resignation letter saying, I think Mike Mulheron's done. Because I'm, I'm a recipient of God's incredible love and God's mercy and God's blessing and God's favor. I'm being a recipient of that. No. And I can be a horrible human being at times, but God is, gosh, God's been good, eh? And so as we prepare to come forward with our prayer requests, and I have this in my life, I never come to God with a prayer request without a praise report either, to give him thanks. <laughs> I encourage you. See the goodness of God.
Sometimes we can so easily miss the praise thought of it. I was speaking to Pastor Caroline before the service. She asked me a question. And I responded. But then about five minutes later, she asked me another question. I said, you know what? I apologize because there was something really to give praise and thanks to God out of that. How quickly can we can forget the goodness of God and just go on to the next? So I'd love you to pause for a moment. Just consider what God's done. Remember God. Remember his great, great works. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.